This week, I've been joined by Masami Sato from B1G1. Now, B1G1, or buy one, give one, creates a world that's full of giving by helping businesses of any size make impacts with a diversity of giving projects. Now, the company was formed in 2007. Um, B1G1 has come together with over 3,000 businesses from all industries around the world, creating over 260 million giving impacts. The other good news is B1G1 is certified B Corp and has been so since 2017. Now, Masami Sato is the founder and CEO of B1G1 and has endeavoured to create a real win-win connections across all cultures, people, organisations to realise a different world. A TEDx speaker, I think twice I saw, uh, author of three books, serial entrepreneur, mother of two. This is one busy leader, so I better get on with it. Welcome to the show, Masami. Hi, Russell. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so I like to ask an elephant in the room question, because there is one if you're watching on video. <laughs> so you openly, in it, where I've read about you, say that you were a shy young girl growing up in Japan. What, how did you transition over to a TEDx speaker, author and serial entrepreneur? How, what, what was what was how did you do that <laughs> i'm not sure how but um <laughs> and I, I actually i'm still an um, introvert so i wouldn't regard myself as you know uh, somebody who can be described with big words you know i'm kind of somebody who is quite ordinary and small and still shy um, but what happened was um, when I left Japan and because I was a very curious person even though I was very shy so I wanted to see what was happening in the world so I had a few years of uh, experience of traveling around the world as a young backpacker you know and, oh. and when you are traveling in that kind of very vulnerable situation then you can't pretend to be you know, somebody who is perfect, right? Like you face many challenges and you need to ask for help. You need to talk with people, strangers and deal with all the uh, upcoming issues. So um, being that I became uh, naturally, like eventually <laughs> free-spirited to be able to just simply connect with people. And that was the first time ever in my life I started to really, really enjoy connecting with people because, you know, then my way of connecting wasn't necessarily to talk about lots of things because I couldn't, you know, I didn't even speak English much. So um, I connected with people through very simple interactions or sharing, you know, meals together or uh, cooking together, you know, stepping into a restaurant. And when I loved the food, asking people to let me help in the kitchen. So I did everything I could to share the time and connect with people and learn from their experiences. So um, that was kind of profound experience for me. But eventually, like, uh, that took me on the journey as an entrepreneur as well to start a business. And uh, um, so my way of learning was always by doing and asking questions and working together with people rather than you know, going to a management business, business management study and to learn from the theory or yeah. Learn by doing and uh, mm. and get, just just kind of get in there. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think everybody learns in different ways. Some people yeah. learn from listening, you know, um, or seeing, or for me, it's about the doing. <laughs> yeah, okay, I can see that. And and it served you well. Now, you you say you went on a worldwide journey. You ended mm. up, I think, in Australia. Is that where you started your first business? Or? Uh, actually, Australia was kind of later on. So I started my first business in Christchurch, New Zealand. And that was where, where my daughter was born 20 years ago. Um, no, before then, previously, like I traveled to many different countries, including Australia too. But New Zealand was really the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey. And uh, um, I had a small takeaway food bar, food, not like takeaway shop, <laughs> which yeah. was serving food to uh, truck drivers and you know, people working in factories in the industrial area. So that was my very first business. And that took me to have two businesses. We, I sold them and then moved to Australia. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Okay. And at what, what point, because it was the food business, uh, I mm. think I saw it in one video, that it was the food mm. business that inspired you to, to, to think about if I cook a meal here and sell a meal mm. here, then I could give mm. a meal away. When, when, mm. when did that idea okay. form? Um, so when I first went into business, I chose the food business because I was passionate about food. Because for me, during the time of traveling, because I couldn't communicate with people with words. So food was the way for me to connect with people, you know, because everywhere I went, if I could cook food or I could help, you know, with cooking or uh, I could be curious about food and ask questions, then people everywhere around the world really accepted me for who I was. And that was why I felt the food really brought people together. And that food has huge implication on our life, like, uh, the nourishing meal we share with family or even the nutrition factor itself and how that's tied to our quality of life. So I was so much into food and I even worked on organic farms to learn about you know, sustainability and also healthy life, um, creating well-being through food. So for me, like when I first started my very first food company, I, me going into fast food, you know, food bar <laughs> and yeah. selling burgers and chips. And that was kind of my job. Um, initially, of course, like, uh, uh, there was some dilemma too, but I, you know, let go of that fixed thinking and I uh, improved the food in the business, served, you know, talked with truck drivers and they all loved just coming to see my daughter on my back who was, you know, always with me <laughs> in the food business. And so we started this business with the mindset of do whatever we could. You know, here was this food bar who, which was losing money and the owner wanted to get out. So we got the business for almost nothing. <laughs> and that's how we built the business. And eventually, you know, we had two businesses and sold those so we could keep going. But from day one, what I had in mind in my entrepreneurship journey was that I wanted to become an entrepreneur and have a business so that I could be in charge of what I choose to do with the work that I do. And yeah. um, because of the travel experience that I had, I've seen so many children who couldn't even go to school, you know, complete the primary school education or begging on the street and, and or working for family farm. And so seeing that reality, um, I 
wanted to do something about them. And having my own child that at that time kind of made everything much more urgent rather than saying like, I was, you know, I'm so little and I can't change the world or you know, there was no more excuse I could make if I really thought about my daughter and her future, you know, we cannot say, oh, there are too many kids out there who don't have uh, resources, but I can't change that. Like, I didn't want to continue to say that to myself that I couldn't do anything. Right. So yeah. with that, I started my business and I wanted to give back. So the purpose of growing business for me was that with the success that we could create with the business, we could give, we could support um, worthwhile programs and you know, perhaps help feed and educate the street children and give them uh, the future that they could, they deserve to have. So we had that in mind. And eventually, like with the initial two business success and selling those businesses, we managed to um, actually have a, a new business in Australia, which was about healthy eating. And you know, okay. as a frozen meals company, we started to distribute that to so many different outlets. Like we had 150 stores in Australia selling our product back then. Um, but like I realized at that time, like just having this target or goal of, you know, one day when we become so successful, we will build a soup kitchen. You know, this idealism was yeah. kind of like almost not really real on the day-to-day -day basis because we are wishing or hoping that one day we could do something. But that one day seems to be moving ahead of us because every time we expand our business or improve things then in, and have more sales, then we were putting all the resources back into business to try to grow our business. So we just never seem to have enough to do something yeah. at that time, whether time or money or yeah. whatever. So one day, then this simple idea came to me um, and we started to imagine. I thought, what if instead of trying to do big things in the future, what if... Um, we did small things, but did every day from today. Yeah. And that idea of giving a meal and, you know, uh, for every meal we sold, uh, that made everything change for our business because we are no longer waiting for big success. But if we look at how much it costs to, for example, help um, uh, provide a meal to a child in certain country where those children are currently not even completing school education because they stay um, working at home. And, yeah. But when you provide free meal at school, this meal is not just about additional nutrition for the child, but becomes the motivation for the family to send their children to school because they save money and they don't need to feed the kids like at home, yeah. right? One meal saved. So families get motivated by this meal too. And we realized that it only cost something like 25 cents at that time uh, to do this. And, you know, that was really transformative. And, um, and sometime after we incorporated this idea into my own company, I also realized that in the world, actually there are many different businesses, entrepreneurs, business owners who cared about the different issues in the world, but they also didn't really know what they could do to 
make a positive difference through their business. And they are all, you know, very, really busy <laughs> doing yeah, what yeah, they yeah. do. So we thought, what if we could make this way of giving and being, you know, and running a business, uh, something very simple and easy to do, then maybe many businesses would do it. So that's how uh, and when I sold my food company in Australia then and moved to Singapore to start the B1J1 as a global giving initiative. So that's been 14 years. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, and if I can just take you back to that point where you said from today, I'm going to start giving with every meal. Did you did you bring your customers along with that? Did did they buy into that concept or like initial motivation? It's not really about like uh, customer engagement or such because no. regardless of if there is any benefit for the business, we want we started our business to do that precisely that to help um, children and do something you know in our lives and so. But the thing is, I realized that I was just really like grateful for, you know, every team member and every customer that existed <laughs> so that we could do this and we could make this dream business and yeah. do something worthwhile. So for me, engaging people or conveying this joy of giving was not necessarily to try to engage or but ex to express our gratitude you know so when team members like we had actually uh, quite a few volunteer team members in our business <laughs> and these people came to work with us and stay with us or you know um, help in the business because they wanted to learn how to uh, do good how to um, work in uh, companies that makes a difference. So we, we had plenty of these like purpose-driven seekers <laughs> who will come to work with us. And, you know, we didn't have much money to pay them or reward them. But what we wanted to do was to make them really realize that every day when they are doing something and working with this company, they mm -hmm. are helping make our world a better place or helping someone else. And in that sense, yes, we communicated what we were doing, but you know, it wasn't uh, for us. It wasn't about like CSR or you know, strategic engagement yeah, yeah. or anything like that. Mm. So it was, yeah, it wasn't a marketing ploy. I suppose is what you, you could use giving is oh yeah, we give so much charity, and mm. I'm going to publicize mm. that because mm. hey, look how good I am. You know, mm. so you avoided that. On um, the basis that you, you yeah, like. A, I mean, like we didn't necessarily avoid anything, but I feel like if the actual the motivation of yeah. the things that we do is to try to get something to our own benefit, yeah, you know, uh, then actually, like no matter what you say or pretend to say, I don't think that will really convey the right message or idea or feeling to people that we connect with and communicate with. So. I feel like even today, you know, B1J1 is a different kind of initiative. We have much more developed like tools and resources that we can offer to businesses. But I feel like the most powerful part of incorporating um, effective giving in business is to be very genuine about the care that we feel 
because when businesses actually have the intention and deep sense of caring inside the organization and coming mm-hmm. from the leadership itself, then actually like every decision that may, they make or behavior of the team members and every interactions we naturally have will um, express this. You know, it's not about saying we are good business, but it's about being that business that care. Yeah. And yeah, so that's why like I feel that um, uh, the way we started this initiative um, and how we feel today or what we stand for today is pretty much still the same with that spirit of, you know, it's about giving because we can and we care rather than because we have to, you know, because it makes us look good or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. The the the, uh, the positive view should be a you know kind of an after afterthought. It's not the reason mm. you do. Mm. I like that because that that really does push companies to do things without perhaps blowing their own trumpet first. Mm. You know, mm. uh, so do it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and when companies communicate their giving um, with the intention that this is for them to inspire more people, because. Yeah. Every day, people live their life, and quite often, it's easy for us to get to kind of disconnect, feel disconnected, lonely, or demotivated because we feel small, or we feel alone, or we feel that the things we care doesn't really matter, or you know, individually, we don't have a power to transform things or change things, even if we cared. Or so it's easy for everybody to feel like this at times. So when, um, when we are doing business or when we uh, have a company where people come and work for, um, then these are opportunities for us to actually spread the sense of appreciation, gratitude, inspiration, positive commitment, you know, to make things better and, and the unity, feeling of unity and collective work. Um, yeah. When we can create this through our business, and communicate this genuine feeling with everything we do, then I'm sure it's good for business too. <laughs> I'm sure we manage to attract people who align with that feeling. Yeah. And that is good for the business than attracting people who, who are just thinking for themselves as well and try yeah. to get a job opportunity that will give them biggest advantage or financial incentive, but they may not care so much about what the company is about. So if we really want to create a business that sustain and thrive long-term, and then to ensure that we ourselves, like whether it's owner, you know, you as a business owner or team members inside the organization, because we are spending so much time, like, you know, eight hours or more hours a day working together. So, we want, all want to be doing things that matter. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so it's a real win-win to be having this uh, giving focus and great caring culture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I picked up on one of, the, one of the titles of your uh, one of your books, which is Giving Business, mm. uh, Creating mm. Maximum Impact in a Meaning-Driven World. It, mm. Do you think the world is meaning-driven? Because it, it does feel sometimes that the world is, is kind of all take and, and not really much about <laughs> Mm. Um, I think uh, so when I was young I was a little bit judgmental and 
skeptical about what was going on because when mm -hmm. I saw that growing up my parents were so busy you know because they worked so hard and my dad was almost never at home and when I saw him at home he seems to be quite uh, stressed and angry like and then um, all that was to, for us to kind of get more you know get more money or uh, go and do more shopping or so when I witnessed that and felt a little bit lonely growing up and then went to went out to the world and started to see people who had nothing, like very little struggling or uh, they were living with poverty, but they were willing to share uh, their meal with me. <laughs> you know, and I used to think like so guilty about receiving things from people who had so little and then thinking like, oh, but in Japan, my country, people had so much and they always tried to get more stuff, but they weren't seemingly always happy. And then I kind of really questioned it and thought that maybe consumerism was driving these problems. And so in my own resentment, I went to uh, live in the countryside thinking like, I want to create self-sufficient life and not to get sucked into consumerism. And yeah. <laughs> that was me like in the, when I was younger. And but then eventually being in the environment, living with nature and surrounded by people and being in a simple community, I realized that actually like uh, maybe we were all the same. You know, we always we everybody wanted to just to be happy and and maybe we mistook our happiness that, that we thought that having more stuff or having greater success than others or being more famous or those things we thought those things will give us the happiness, you know, but actually, you know, today we see so many issues related to mental um, health. And mm. so even though we have this like abundance, material abundance in our life, but yeah. then we may not feel it feels abundant inside or so um, I think that when we let go of the judgment, and then realize that fundamentally, we probably want to have the same thing, which is the connect, sense of connection, fulfillment, love, um, mm. yeah. and all those things. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think the world today at some level, like seems to be a little bit hopeless about the status of this world. But at the same time, when we can unlock this human potential of um, bridging the gap and connecting people together and removing the judgment, then we can actually come together to solve all of the issues that we face. So, <laughs> yeah. And again, what you, you know, the, the whole premise of the B1, G1 is mm. little, little and often, little and often, instead of trying to find some giant mm. piece of profit that you can push mm. out, do it gradually mm. and yes. make a difference. Brilliant. Mm. So in terms of this model that the B1G1 presents, I'm a consulting company. Mm. Um, obviously, buying one of my days, giving one isn't quite so. It's, it's not like for like stuff. What, what's, what's the model that you offer in B1G1? Mm. So it's very simple, even though it's very complicated inside, <laughs> but the, <laughs> the actual like uh, uh, outlook or, you know, the... Um, initiative itself is simple. Um, yeah. So if you imagine it's about embedding tangible impact action, such as like, you know, a kind of 
um, expression of kindness, like uh, and, and embedding that into the business activity that you have regularly. So for example, um, some of our members, B101 businesses may say, every time we have a great Zoom call <laughs> or event, you know, uh, we will make great things happen. And it could be like, oh, let's plant a tree to celebrate such a fantastic conversation we had. Or yeah. it could be, let's help educate a child for one week for, or for one day. Or so, um, and then in the B101 initiative, we have, um, carefully selected vetted projects that are listed with micro unit of impact. So um, let's say if you are passionate about uh, people's access to clean water, and then if you try to kind of think about a big thing, like, okay, I want to build a well and you know, help build a well for a community, then that might be a little bit big for you to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> but what we do is we work with the selected charity organizations that meet our criteria and then help them break down the impact to a micro unit because they have the experience and the financial um, uh, budget and um, reporting to break down this. So one well, for example, might cost $5,000 US. And then, uh, but we have a statistics around how many people are in each of those communities and how long that well would last without too much repair and maintenance. Then take those figures to do the breakdown. So it could end up with like giving access to uh, well, meaning clean water for yeah. one person for one day could be just one cent. So. Then yeah. if it's one cent, then suddenly any business without excuse can actually link this with something. So they might say even every email we send, we will give one day's access to water and mm. give one cent. Right? Like, so it doesn't have to be like a, you know, almost like Tom's shoes model where uh, you uh, give for a sales transaction to create yeah. that one by one give one model. So yes. that's why we don't call B1J1 today buy one give one because it could give a fixed um, image. Yeah. <laughs> but this is about really like turning every good thing that happens in business and sometimes bad things like, you know, every type of people spot, like we actually do this. <laughs> you know, we, we, we can turn like uh, those experience, whatever the experience in business uh, into a meaningful impact um, action. Yes. And then we then allow uh, the members actually create a habit around it, you know, whether automating the giving tracking, like a business action tracking with API or, you know, set up a monthly automated giving doing carbon offset for every team member they have in their business or, um, yeah, so there are like the cool ways uh, and many different ways the businesses can embed giving. And many of them might even like let their team members decide some of the creative ways that they do their giving. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's kind of B1J1 model. And uh, it's a little bit complex inside, as I said, but the experience of giving is actually very, very simple and easy to do. Yeah. And I think that's what I found is when I went through the process because I hadn't joined B1G1 and I obviously heard about you and, and mm -hmm. started to look through the the, the big <laughs> struggle is trying to think, mm. what do I want to impact? I must admit, mm. 
Now, you, you align all of your projects. Mm. Oh, so many questions. I can't <laughs> put them all in. So many, all of your projects are linked mm. to the SDGs. Now, yes. the Sustainable Development Goals set mm. by the UN, for those people that don't know, are targeting 2030 with some fairly challenging, possibly impossible to a certain extent, mm. now, um, goals. What, what, why, why the SDGs? Why did you align okay. to that? Yeah, so when, if, if like, let's say we say, you know, uh, sustainable development goals developed by UN or United Nations, some people think like, oh, that's just like a big thing again, right? Because UN is a big institution and not everybody might resonate with that. Like uh, no, no challenge with UN, but that like sometimes people feel. So the reason why we incorporate with it, the SDG is not necessarily to make like the B1G1 way of giving more impressive or anything like that, but to allow every business um, of any size to understand and contribute toward the collective vision and goal. And I think the sustainable development goals, which are also called the global goals in a simple way, because yeah. this is the goals for the world. You know, it's not just about for the government or for the big wealthy uh, individual, you know, uh, donors or foundations to actually do something for, for you, <laughs> but it's about for you to be aligned with these goals. So you can make a contribution, um, whether as a business owner or even individuals or people working in those companies. So I think the global goals, the SDGs are the first um, goals that the world ever had as shared goals, which also invite the businesses to participate in. And that's why we see like from the beginning, we saw from the beginning of the SDGs, we saw that this is the best opportunity for even like small businesses in our initiative to come and align with the SDGs. So that's why all the projects that we have in B1G1 um, uh, categorized with a simple categorization like uh, education, you know, environment, health or something like that for ease. But at the same time, we also use the 17 global goals categorization. So if somebody wants to contribute to a particular SDG, uh, life underwater, for example, they can search the project in B1G1 using that category. And then also when you give, we give them um, things like an impact counter widget that shows the live impact account of your giving um, in terms of which SDGs you've created, how many impacts or simple uh, breakdown of how many number of trees you planted or how many days yeah. of access to education you've given and these widget can be like embedded on the website um, as well so I think this is a uh, um, great this is probably the greatest opportunity ever um, and we need this today because we really need to unite and to start actually doing things rather than keep talking about things. <laughs> so uh, we, we definitely um, uh, incorporate SDGs to motivate these businesses that we work with and appreciate them for their giving they do. And, and to, to those people that haven't been perhaps introduced to it in their business, it perhaps encourages them to think about how they directly mm. impact them in what they do as well, because mm. they, they could be doing things which mm. would help re responsible consumption or, or, or create better, decent work and economic growth. So 
they're, 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 there are good things you can align to as a business as well. But this would mm. be a way of actually contributing to things that you can't, you know, I, I, I can't think of how I necessarily could stop hunger. I suppose there are some local things I could do, but my business doesn't actually deliver that. But I could influence it, but mm. through the B1G1 model. I think I think it's brilliant. I'm looking at the statistics. I would encourage anybody, and there will be links in the show page to go to your website and have a look at the the impacts page and see the number of projects that you've got going on. How do you find a worthy project? Mm, um, so initially, like you know, early days, most of these organizations were introduced to us through referral, like people who already knew about B1J1, but knew some great charity organizations that they were supporting before, like these uh, people in businesses uh, referred organizations to us. But today, B1J1 is a little bit more known. So we hear from charity organizations who directly approach us as well or we sometimes actively try to recruit organizations based on the request from members because we continuously look at the data and then see what kind of projects um, we can have more of because they are already very well supported. Or um, every time our members actually do a project search, you know, using a combination of filters because it's a bit like uh, you know, Amazon for kindness, like, you can have many search categories and find the yeah. impact you want to create rather than trying to find the product you want to purchase. So the experience, part of the experience is like a, you know, online shopping type of experience, even though like B1J1 is not really just about that. It's about embedding giving. So we focus on that too. But um, when people cannot find the particular project with the project search, then we also ask them for recommendation. Like, so the system would say, oh, sorry, we don't have this, you know, specific <laughs> required project with yeah. this requirement. So if you know any organizations, you know, then tell us. Or So we look into okay. this and then try to bring in um, new projects in B1G1 gradually as well. Brilliant. Um, I, I'm fascinated. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend my time digging into the projects and see how <laughs> we can uh, uh, how we can be that little bit more kinder. I do like that concept. I think I'm gonna have November as Kind Month because uh, I've got coming up an interview with uh, with a guy called Magnus who mm. runs a kindness consultancy and and putting kindness into the business mm. seems to be oh, it's the right thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, like. Imagine like you know, in the business, if you are setting a goal and then if your business said to the team, okay, this year we are going to make X million dollar revenue or profit or, or how many sales. or you know, These are the goals that are important for businesses to have, but it may not be necessarily always fully motivating for the people who are working in the business too. And, and so having that, um, and also uh, giving goals, for example, and then say, how many trees, like when we achieve this goal, we get to plant 10,000, 1,000 trees. And it, when everybody can see that they are also working towards something that is 
different from their own benefit or company's benefit, then that actually adds extra meaning because when people feel like uh, kind and caring, that yeah. unlocks much more great like uh, potential and creativity in our problem solving power as well. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I definitely think that um, giving brings so much value and benefits to businesses. But when we primarily get motivated to the value itself or benefit itself, then that could kind of like uh, take the power away. So the important part is understanding that it's important for us to do, but also to have the intention of doing good as the central aim for doing this, then I think that would be the best um, uh, way forward. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Um, I, I, I know, no, uh, yeah, as I said before, you're, you're a busy person. Um, so we'll, we'll wish on one final question I'd like to mm. ask is B Corp. Mm. Why, why did you become a B Corp? Because you're already, already doing some pretty amazing things. <laughs> why, why would you need the certification? Okay. Okay. So uh, B1J1 is an initiative, but under this B1J1 initiative, we have uh, two organizations underneath. One is the social enterprise, which is registered as a business. Um, yeah. And another one is the charity. So when businesses are actually giving, then all the money goes to the charity body and charity side does, you know, with an independent board, uh, set all of the criteria for the charity um, program, yes. you know, what they call the program, and then also manage all of the funding. Right, like, but the, the company side exists to create the sustainability for its own model. So we have a, a membership model where every business will contribute a little bit toward this fund called the movement fund. And this is, you know, gives us the basis of income that we have to build a system or create resources and add value to the businesses that we work with. Okay. Like so um, with the business side, we even though it's already a social enterprise because the primary focus is to maximize the impact that the businesses create. So we already have a social mission strongly incorporated in our business. But at the same time, if um, as a company, we are committed to, you know, uh, uh, maximizing our business impact and outcomes, then we also wanted this organization to have some form of ex external benchmark marking because you know, we can very easily say we have a strong sense of mission and purpose. Yeah. And you know, uh, the money we create uh, goes back to business to develop these things, right? Like we could say that, but at the same time, Businesses operation has many fa other factors, such as what kind of environmental impact that we are creating as a company, or are we actually dealing with or treating our team members in the best way um, uh, and uh, complying with all sort of things? Or are we setting like a, a next milestone to improve the way we operate as a company? So if you are in silo and working alone, you may not know what else can be done. <laughs> but mm. when we are B Corp, this definitely gives us so much more challenge that we need to work toward to improve yeah. many different aspects of our business operation. So um, that's why like uh, B Corp is an important part of uh, um, our company now. And we want to in invite many businesses, whether the B1J1 businesses or other businesses, to consider doing 
um, more and more gradually. So start with something small because maybe a bit too hard for lots of businesses. Yeah. Uh, like if businesses start with simple micro giving with B1G1 or you know, do other things like uh, allocate a little bit of their time to volunteer for charity, local charity or uh, go and clean up the beach nearby or parks nearby. Or, so businesses can start with simple things first. But then as they grow, they can start looking for other more challenging things that they can do to become even more sustainable or caring or committed businesses that do more good in the world. So yeah. highly recommend it. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. So uh, become a B Corp if you can, but do something. Just do mm. something. So if you were to translate, obviously, we've given a lot of um, thought for people that are in business. And um, what, what, what kind of tip would you give to an individual? Mm. Um, individuals actually being, uh, you know, working for a business, they have yeah. a great influence today. So uh, if you are working for a company and you think your company and your team can do even more to do good in the world, then you as a part of the team, you can uh, share this idea, you know, with the business you are working with, because it's good for everybody. And, and then another part is uh, we as individuals living everyday life, then of course, like you could choose to support businesses that you think is demonstrating good value and, you know, values and, and qualities in the world um, through your purchasing choices, or you could perhaps share these ideas with other businesses as well. Or you could participate in more personal, like at a personal level, different opportunities to help create more good or spread the awareness, you know, talking about the positive things because today's world, we seem to be so well connected, but in the um, open sharing channels, like on the internet, for example, um, I think uh, people are starting to become uh, open to talking quite a lot of negative criticism openly, but we do less of really acknowledging the positive effort or sharing good news. Or So I think the more we actually uh, become the person who focuses on how to add more value, how to um, recognize people, you know, how to share uh, the things that we could do to create a positive change than spreading negative news to create more fear. Or So we could individually play a part in changing the way the world work and also um, uh, using our connection, like our friends, our family to have the dialogue that really like listen and appreciate the differences that we have and but to really unite, you know, that to remind ourselves how well we are connected already. Um, so yeah, there's so much we could do uh, even as individuals. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's quite a tip, but you know, <laughs> united positivity and uh, an action. Yeah, uh, I, I like that as a tip. Would you have a recommendation that you would suggest people go watch or read or, or look at? Uh, yeah. Of course, that one thing is if you are interested in B1J1, then please go to b1j1.com and find out more. Or you could find me on LinkedIn and follow me. Or, um, but I think uh, today there are lots of important conversations that we have. And if you are working in businesses, then I recommend a book called um, Net Positive, um, authored by uh, Paul Pullman, who we deeply respect. Um, and you can learn about how businesses can do actually 
you know, become net positive, not to be net zero, but net positive. Um, yeah. So that's an interesting one. And also like earlier this month, we had um, uh, COP26 and global leaders came together. One of the standout speeches that I have seen is uh, that was delivered by um, Sir David Attenborough and his speech was very, very powerful. So I highly recommend that you watch the full version of the um, recording. And that gives us just such like sense of urgency about you know us coming together to do the things and taking actions, not just uh, to talk more about things we can, um, but we can do. But it's about doing the things we can. So I highly recommend that as well. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That it was quite a striking uh, presentation that Sir David Attenborough made. Yeah. Okay, so mm -hmm. as we rush to the end, I've got uh, some factual fakes that I, I'd okay. like to <laughs> test you on. Um, so uh, I'll read out a statement and you have to decide whether I've modified it and it's wrong and it's a fake or whether it is in fact a fact. Okay. And of course, okay. all facts are challengeable. <laughs> so first fact or fake, uh, 2020 saw a crash in the level of donations of time and money made to charity. Is that a fact or a fake? Fake. So, fake. Wow, straight in. So you you <laughs> you obviously have a view of that. What 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 is that? You're right. You're absolutely I, right. Actually, 2020, right? Like 2020, at the beginning of the year, we definitely saw crash, right? Because everybody went into like a self preservation mode um, but toward the later part of 2020 we actually saw a surge with of giving you know in b 112 but the, i think it's it happened to um overall you know giving space in general as well so okay no mm. you're you're absolutely correct okay so um well done Yay. let's try another <laughs> one um according to the world population review and looking at helping strangers, donating money and giving time. Mm. Ireland is, uh, the island of Ireland, is mm. the most giving country in the world. Is that a fact or a fake? Uh, oh, that's tricky. Could be fake, could be fact, but I would say mm, fake. You're right again. Who do you think is the best country for giving? Uh, was it the Australia? Well, actually, I was quite surprised. Mm. So um, Ireland is fifth, but it is the highest in Europe. Oh. Um, fourth is Australia. Third is New Zealand. So I can see where you got your spirit again. <laughs> <giving laughs> um, second is Myanmar, because it does take into account um, poverty as well. Uh, and how much these people are. But Myanmar's mm. got a lot of Buddhists, so uh, a very giving uh, spirit there and the first is the united states mm. which was quite interesting to me and apparently they've been first for quite some time but they're dropping mm. um so it leads me to my final fact or fake mm. which is in the united states corporations contribute just 20 percent of the donations made to charity mm. is that a fact or a fake uh it's I don't know the most recent figure. What I know is that if that question was asked like four or five years ago, it would have been fake because it was far less than that. 
But today, I don't know if it's increased to 20%, <laughs> then uh, could be facts, but just because I don't know the recent figure. But so you're saying facts? You're saying uh, facts, Yeah, I, I can say facts. I can get one question wrong. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you've got all questions right. Um, you, you, you've, for the first time ever in history, I have been royally defeated. Oh, um, wow. Yay. Well done. So, yeah, the, the, it is the corporations just, I mean, I say just, it's still mm. good, but mm. corporations could do a lot more, couldn't they? Mm. Yeah, sure. But it's increased, though, because it, it used to be like 5%. You know, it was astonishing. Yeah. More individual and foundation giving was like a larger majority. So it's growing. Um, for the second point about the US as being the most generous country for giving, I kind of think that that statistics might include like uh, religious giving because ch uh, churches are like uh, registered as a non-profit right and the yes. u.s have a culture of um tithing and you know that that that, that could be part of the reason why it's number one um, and then if we look at the countries like australia i think large majority of giving goes to also international um uh, aid around the world yes of course local um giving as well but um yeah so that's yeah okay well well done congratulations it's been a, a delight to talk to you uh and uh really chuffed to have been able to to make the connection and and to mm. take some of your valuable time and so Sami, thank you very much for joining us on the green elephant show yeah thank you so much for the great conversation i enjoyed it so much and thank you so much uh for listening whoever is listening here <laughs> thank you for your time <laughs> good message thank you <laughs>